what we're going to talk about in this one, nice and easy, nice simple one that anyone can get involved with, UFC Fight Night London. Who's going to be on the fight card? Uh, everyone likes to play matchmaker. Everyone likes to put people in the main event, decide who's going to be the co-main event. But building a full fight card top to bottom is a pretty tricky process. You've got to balance everything up. You've got to consider the other events that are happening uh, around it in the calendar. You've also got to look at the commitments of the fighters involved, who they've recently fought, any medical suspensions that have, have to be taken into consideration. And obviously you need to look at uh, the relevance to each of the fighters uh, respective careers so it's a real juggling act and uh, from talking to uh, Joe Carr who's the, uh, the VP of International Development he said just putting the calendar together was a massive jigsaw puzzle but if you can imagine each one of those pieces is in itself a mini jigsaw puzzle as well that's what you've got with each individual fight card the UFC have managed to book uh, the O2 Arena which I am reliably informed is the busiest venue on the planet for, um, well, I think it's the busiest indoor arena on the planet, basically. Um, hard to get a, a good time slot on there and actually get yourself booked in. So the UFC have got that done. February the 27th, 2016 is the date. Get that in your diary. Tickets will go on sale on December the 4th uh, on Ticketmaster. So make sure uh, you keep an eye open on that. Uh, that's on general sale. So if you've got Fight Pass, sorry, uh, UFC Fight Club membership, uh, you may well be able to pick those tickets up a little bit earlier. Likewise, if you've got a UFC newsletter um, login as well, or sorry, password from them, uh, you may well be able to get the tickets a day or two earlier. Uh, about sixteen to 18,000 seats. Uh, it's going to be a big event in terms of scale. How big is the fight card going to be? And that's, that's the big thing. So I've had a look at the fight card. I've had a look at the importance of London and how the UFC, I think, need to make a bit of a statement uh, in this region, the Emea shows uh, have been they've been they, they've been okay for the the markets that they're in, but they haven't had as much relevance to the world as a whole. So you look at the Poland event that was very relevant for Poland. They also brought in a big name in Mirko Krokop, um, who is from uh, Croatia, which isn't that far. Um, big European support for him. You look at Dublin. The fight card was was packed with the. Uh, British and Irish fighters um, and then obviously you look up in, in, in Scotland in Glasgow again you know they tried to put as many uh, local guys and girls on that card as possible uh, I think London will probably be a little bit more of the same but I think they're going to look to chuck a little bit more stardust on this one and put a bit more a bit more uh, a bit more firepower at the very top of the card um, you know the thing with the island card obviously falling down a little bit losing first the co-main event of Ben Rothwell and Stipe Miocic, and then obviously in fight week losing the uh, the main event of Joe Duffy versus Dustin Poirier, that that really did decimate the card. And while the fights and the fighters involved really stepped up and did a did a fantastic job to deliver an entertaining fight for the fans who did watch, um, I wouldn't be surprised if there were a few who opted not to not to actually tune in and watch it, especially those international fans who would have been uh, having to log in and watch on UFC Fight Pass. So what are the UFC going to do for UFC Fight Night London? Um, I've looked to put this card together, uh, and I've had to make a few assumptions. So I'll get these off my chest first so that you're aware of the sort of the guidelines I've kind of worked with. First off, uh, I've assumed that no one is going to get injured between now and then. That's a given. Uh, secondly, I've assumed that all these fights are what you would consider acceptable fights to the fighters involved. So I'd like to think that hopefully if these fights were actually matched up, by the UFC matchmakers, the, 
the fighters on either side of the coin will both be uh, happy enough to accept the fight. Um, the other thing I've looked at is the, the high possibility, uh, given what's going to be on the top of this card, that this will be a Fox TV show. So obviously it will be on UFC Fight Pass, but I think uh, Fox have the option of picking up some of these shows and showing them on, on uh, Fox Sports uh, in the US. They did it for Glasgow, they didn't do it for Dublin. So they've got the option of picking and choosing on that front. They've got slots to fill. London may well be one of the ones that they've already targeted. Uh, and with the main event that I've got planned, and hopefully, hopefully it's the main event that the UFC have got planned, but who knows, right? But um, if, if, the, uh, if the UFC have put a main event together of the level of this one, Fox can't do anything but take this fight card. So we'll kick these things right off. Uh, oh, final thing. None of these fights are made, right? These these are all these are all fights that I have put together basically based on what I think the UFC would do very well to put together. As far as I'm aware, there is no um, official announcement on any of these fights. If any of them come to fruition, happy days. We're going to have some fun and games with these fights. Um, if not, it'd be interesting to see what does end up on that UFC London fight card. This is just my take. My a uh, dozen fights, 12 fight card for UFC Fight Night London. Right, I've been jabbering on for far too long, so let's kick things off. We'll start at the top of the card with the main event of the evening, the uh, the fight that will that will basically put the bums on seats, we'll sell the tickets, we'll get Fox TV to say, yes, we want to show this on Fox Sports 1. Michael account Bisbing is an absolute cert to be on this fight card. Whether it's as a co-main or as a main event, I think uh, he's absolutely a shoe-in to be on this card. On my card, he's a main event. And the reason he's the main event is because he's taking on Anderson the Spider Silver. Um, this is a world championship fight that should have happened two years ago, before Silver got beat by Chris Weidman. Um, Michael Bisbing fought Charles Sonnen, and uh, I haven't met a person yet who thinks that Charles Sonnen won that fight. Two of the three judges on the night thought that he did. So... Um, yeah, they gave Sonnen the decision. Sonnen thought that Bisbing won the fight. Bisbing thought that he won the fight two rounds to one, uh, but he didn't get it. Uh, subsequently, uh, Chal has admitted that he was uh, artificially fueled, shall we say. Um, obviously, we know about the testosterone replacement therapy, which was legal back then, but uh, apparently there were other, other factors involved. Um, and... Um, he spoke to Michael about that on his podcast, I believe. So um, that's a, that's that's one that should have gone Michael Bisbing's way. That was a title shot that he should have had. Um, and he should have won that one in the octagon. It looked to all intents and purposes as if he did. He didn't get it. Um, also, he lost to Vitor Belfort. Vitor Belfort obviously won by TKO against Michael Bisbing. He was obviously powered by TRT, which was legal back then, not legal now. Big question marks over the... Uh, the validity of some of these uh, some of these results, given the fact that they were powered by this stuff, but they're in the record books. We can't do a lot about those. But look, you look back at that Charles Sonnen fight. That was the one for me. So that considered, Michael Bisbing should have been in a title fight with Anderson Silva, which raises the question: How would he have done? We will never know because that was two years ago. Both fighters have. Uh, have, have, uh, have changed since then uh, but what we can do is find out how they'll get on in 2016 so let's get them in the main event put them on the uh, the top of the bill for UFC Fight Night London Anderson Silva needs a fight uh, he's going to be coming back from his uh, from his drugs ban um, and possibly the worst defence of a drugs ban uh, in living memory um, if any of you saw that Nevada State Athletic Commission 
live stream on Fight Pass. That was something. That was something. If it's if it's knocking about on YouTube, find it and watch it. It's it's incredible. It's incredible. Um, Anderson Silva, he's going to need a fight. He's going to be available again from the end of Jan. So um, a, a early February, sorry, sorry, late February fight date is, should be no problem at all. Uh, I'll put him on the main event against Michael Bisbing. It's not a world championship fight. It doesn't have to be for a, for a UFC fight night event. Um, but they're both UFC royalty, so this is this is this is one that I think the fans can buy into. It's also one. Uh, it's also one I think that the overseas media and the overseas fans, particularly in the states, can buy into. Anderson Silva is an icon of the sport. Michael Bisming is a very popular fighter and a polarizing fighter as well. You know, he still has his detractors. People like to tune in to watch him get his ass kicked. Uh, it doesn't happen too often, though. He's a wily veteran these days. He knows what he's doing, and uh, I'm sure he'd fancy his chances strongly against Anderson Silva, especially in London. Uh, Bisbing has never lost a fight on UK soil, and uh, he won't want that to change uh, if he gets on that London card. So that would be my main event. Um, and uh, as I say, that would guarantee the uh, the Fox TV coverage as well. The co-main event, and this is a tad controversial because I've just put Bisbing versus Anderson Silva on the main event. I'm putting a World Championship fight as a co-main event, um, which may fly in the face of all protocol with UFC matchmaking, but hey, this is just this is just me yakking. So uh, that's what I'm going to do. Yoanni uh, and Jacek versus Claudia Gedalia. Now, Yoanna is obviously set for action at UFC 193 in Melbourne, Australia, uh, two weeks from now. Uh, I think she's going to absolutely fly through that fight with Valerie Letourneau and will come out largely, largely unscathed. If she does, she should be fit and uh, ready for a quick turnaround. Uh, and Claudio Gadelia is the fight that I think needs to happen. That's that's the best fight you can make uh, at 115 pounds in that strawweight division. Uh, Gadelia's had injury issues of her own. Hopefully she's over those now. Um, if she's if she's back and she's fully fit, that's an easy fight to make. I'll put that on the card. The other relevance of this is uh, there's a large Polish contingent uh, here in the UK, particularly down in the southeast of England, and um, I think. Uh, Given the success of the recent KSW event at Wembley Arena, um, the UFC can kind of piggyback on that success a little bit. Put Joanna in the uh, the London event and uh, try and piggyback on that success. Keep that momentum going for the Polish MMA fans and hopefully they'll come out in force and uh, support their champion um, as she defends her belt against uh, the the one person who's given us some sort of problems in the odds gone, that's Claudia Gadalia. That would be a great fight. I'd like to see that. Uh, that would be a great uh, co-main event. It would be the main event. Uh, sorry, it would be the main event if it wasn't for the fact that Anderson Silva and Michael Bisping were on the card. That that's pretty much it. Um, looking down the rest of the main card, I, I've tried to pit some pit some domestic talent in there. Uh, I've tried to put some entertaining stuff together. So let's see what we've got here. Welterweight fight. Tom Breeze. Tom Breeze for me is probably the best British fighter um, to, to to hit the UFC, possibly since Michael Bisping. Um, he seems to have the lot. Um, he's he's big. He's strong. He's technically very very good. The one thing we don't know that much about at the moment is just how advanced he is on the mat. Um, but he's up there at TriStar in, in Montreal working his game up there with uh, Firas Sahabi working alongside the likes of Rory McDonald and of course the great George Saint Pierre. Um, so he's in he's in a good spot to uh, to progress his game and. Uh, I would put him in there uh, with, with ranked opposition for this next fight. Rory McDonald said something interesting going into the fight. Uh, Tom Breeze took on Carl Pendred in uh, in Dublin. 
And Roy McDonald said that he thought that Tom Breeze was top 15 calibre already. Um, he went through Carl uh, Pendred relatively easily. Uh, looked very impressive in doing so. Um, so let's see if he is top 15 calibre. Let's, let's, let's stick him in there with a guy who's in those rankings. He's been around a bit and has seen some top level action. Uh, Rick Story's the man for this job. Rick Story has been in there. He's taken on prospects. He's taken on contenders. He's got a win over Johnny Hendricks, who is who obviously went on to become the UFC welterweight champion uh, after that fight. So this is a guy who's been around the block. He's seen he's seen pretty much everything there is to see uh, in the UFC welterweight division, and uh, he will be an excellent test uh, for Tom Breeze. Uh, and we'll find out just how good the guy is. I think I think he's top 15 caliber as well. Uh, I think you don't just want to sling him in with the absolute elite level guys, you know, like the top five guys. Because that division is an absolute uh, murderer's row when you look at sort of six or seven and, and above. Uh, Rick Story, I think, is, is is the perfect introduction to the rankings for him. Um, it will give him a real test. I mean, this is a guy who beat Gunnar Nelson not that long ago. So um, I think that would be a good test for him. Uh, Joe Duffy says that uh, Tom Breeze is going to be the first Brit to win uh, a UFC World Championship belt. So uh, if he's going to do that, then he's going to have to get past guys like Rick, the horror story. So we'll put that fight on the card. That goes on the main card as well. We'll slot that in at number three. Number four is an absolute no-brainer of a fight. The fight happened in Dublin. It needs to happen again. It's a fight that everyone came away talking about. It's another welterweight fight. Darren Till versus Nicholas Dalby. Um, it was a superb fight. It was a superb fight. Darren Till looked outstanding for two rounds. And then I think he popped his shoulder out and... Uh, had all sorts of problems in that final round. Dalby came down the uh, came down the, the stretch like an absolute train. He, he saw his chance and really went for it. Uh, got himself a 10-8 round and earned himself a well-deserved draw. But no one likes draws in mixed martial arts. I know the two guys were relatively relatively content. I wouldn't say either of them were happy, but they were relatively content with with uh, with their night's work. Uh, I'd put them both in again. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see them go back in there. Someone's O has got to go. That's what we said before the fight, and <laughs> neither guy lost it. So we'll put them back in again. Let's see them do it again. Uh, I'm sure they'd both be more than happy to renew acquaintances inside the Octagon for a, for a rematch. Stick it on the main card, which will be on, on TV in America. Let's make stars of these two guys. They're two European welterweights who are, who are very, very capable of progressing in that 170 pound division and I think giving them that sort of audience would be beneficial to both guys uh, win or lose because you know they're going to deliver something special just as they did in Dublin so we'll put that on the card that's in slot number four uh, now just to just to talk about it, it's normally on a fight pass card four fights on the main card uh, looking back at how the uh, the Fox uh, broadcasts have tended to deal with these Amaya fight pass uh, shows when they put them on telly they've had six fights on the main card looking back to Glasgow for example six fights on that main card so we're going to do six fights on the main card here fight number five uh, Brad Pickett deserves to be on the main card this could well be his swan song his final fight in the UFC um, and to go out um, in his hometown would be the perfect way to do it maybe you know we'll see him um, do that sort of iconic gesture of putting his gloves down in the octagon, saying a few words, and then uh, walking away with the crowd on their feet. That would be a lovely way for him to go. Um, who's he going to fight against? This is the question. Who do you put him in against? Uh, I've got two names here, and it really depends on how you want to approach this. 
if you want to stick him in there with an experienced guy who's going to provide a, a solid test, then you put him in with someone like Joe Soto. If you want to put him in there with another person who maybe you want to you you want to test them against Pickett and see how they're progressing in their career, you go for a young gun like Cody Garbrandt. And Cody Garbrandt coming out of Team Alpha Male, he would be a very uh, exciting. Uh, uh, dance partner for Brad Pickett. Pickett obviously took on Thomas Almeida at UFC 189 and was was getting the better of things until he caught that that flying knee squarely on the chin, uh, which ended his night. Almeida is an absolute superstar. I think we're going to see that um, this weekend actually in Sao Paulo, Brazil. Um, he's a potential star, or, or sorry, a potential champion uh, of that bantamweight division further down the line. Um, Cody Garbrandt, people are saying maybe he could be a challenger in, in, in the years to come. Uh, stick him in there with Brad. Let's see how he gets on. Uh, give him a test. You know, even if he doesn't get past Brad in that fight, I think that's one that will be uh, a very good uh, learning fight for him. He'll fancy his chances for sure. Uh, and Brad Pickett will obviously be all fired up and looking to p possibly end his career on a high in his hometown. So we'll put that one in there as well. Uh, that's number five. The final fight on the main card is one that some people will go, no, don't put these two together. But I think I think this fight makes total sense. It's a women's strawweight fight. It's Joanne Coldwood versus Ash Daly. Um, they were roommates. They were good friends on The, the Ultimate Fighter. Um, and, uh, you know, they were allies in the house. Um, there was an awful lot of stuff going on in that house that didn't sit too well with either either of those two. And uh, they managed to stick it together. And I know uh, when Ash was having a few problems um, anxiety issues and things like that in the house. I know. Uh, I know Joe was there um, as a as a good friend in the house. But this is the fight business, and the UFC strawweight division is not the deepest. Uh, it's certainly full of talent uh, and and skill and 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 uh, sort of vitality. You know, it's not a boring division by any means. There's just not many of them at this stage. So, I think considering where they both are in their careers, I think the fight makes a whole lot of sense. It would be a cracking fight to kick off a main card as well. It's got interest uh, within the local region, obviously Ireland versus Scotland. Um, I think it makes I think it makes complete sense. I mean, Joe Calderwood is looking to back up her um, impressive win in Glasgow on her home territory. Ash Daly is looking to carry on her momentum from her win on her home territory in Dublin against Erica Almeida. Why not put them together in a, in a Scotland versus Ireland match on neutral territory in England? Uh, but it's still local for the pair of them. Um, I think it's relevant. I think it's local. Stylistically, I think it will deliver. I think it'll be a fun fight. That's my main card, and that's the fight I would use to kick things off. Right, prelims. There is only one fight that can kick the, the, that can headline the prelims, and uh, it's a spot that is very, very important um, on a fight card. It's 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 the fight that gear, really sets the tone for the main card. Uh, you know the arena is usually pretty full by the time that fight comes around, and uh, it's one that really does set the tone. And this is this is the perfect fight for it. Mike Wilkinson versus Maquan Amir Khani. These two have been jabbing at each other on social media. Amir Khani wants to repay Wilkinson uh, for the way Wilkinson knocked out uh, his teammate uh, Nicholas Backstrom. Um, Amir Khani trains with Backstrom up there at All Stars in Stockholm. He wants to uh, he wants to exact a little bit of revenge. On uh, on the Brit, um, and uh, the Brit is more than happy, more than happy to oblige Amir Khani. Um, and uh, there seems to be a little bit of legitimate beef going on there. There's been a couple of interviews have been done, and 
Yeah, if I, I, if this fight doesn't get made for London, then I, I, I will be gobsmacked. I really would. This fight absolutely makes itself. It's selling itself already, and no one's actually signed it and uh, and announced it. So, hopefully, that fight will get signed, will get announced, and uh, the best place to put it um, is on that headline spot on the preliminary card. Um, absolute no-brainer. Get them on the card. Amir Carney Wilkinson, job done. That's your that's your your featured featured preliminary fight. Next, Stevie Ray. Stevie Ray. Scottish lightweight, undefeated in the UFC, came in at short notice in Poland, uh, submitted Marcin Bandel, uh, and has gone on since then, and he's now won three on the spin. Superb stuff for him. Uh, let's give him another test. Let's stick him in there with another European guy who will who will take him take him a deep way into a fight. Uh, let's put him in with a guy who can sell a fight and will be entertaining for the local media. Let's put him in with Nick Hine, the sergeant. I'm a big fan of Nick Hine. I think he's uh, I think he's a real character. I think he's a solid fighter. Um, his game is improving. Uh, he's obviously got a judo base, and that 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 was his main his main sort of uh, stock in trade, if you like, when he first started in the UFC. But he's now out there training with Tiger Muay Thai uh, in Thailand with Roger Huerta and uh, James McSweeney and people like that. And his striking is coming on, and we saw that in his last fight um, in uh, in Saitama. So, so that would be a good fight. Uh, it'd be a fun fight. I think it would. Again, it's one that it's one that I think the media would, would take an interest in. You know, we've got two guys there who've got a good story behind them. Um, that's an easy one to make. I'd make that one in a heartbeat. No problem at all. Um, next up, welterweights. Again, trying to keep it relatively European. Um, for for relevance purposes, and uh, you know we're trying to grow the market over here as well. So we got the we got the international superstars at the at the top of the card. You need to grow your local guys further down. And uh, probably the uh, the most underrated uh, British fighter currently in the UFC right now, the quiet man of uh, the British UFC contingent, is Leon Rocky Edwards. Um, the guy is absolutely superb. His hands are fantastic. Um, the way the way he dealt with Seth Bozinski in Poland was just jaw dropping. Eight second knockout, unbelievable stuff. Earned himself fifty grand on his UFC. Uh, I think it was his was his debut or second appearance. I think it might be his second appearance. Um, certainly was his first win. And uh, I'd stick him in with Nico Musoki, uh, a very well rounded, very experienced operator um, at European level. He's been around the UFC for a little bit. He's had a few fights now. Um, I think that I think that would make a lot of sense. Musoki got beat by uh, Albert Tumanov, who is a very highly rated uh, prospect at uh, 170 pounds. But he took him the distance, and Tumanov is known as a very, very dangerous striker. So Musoki's got the uh, the octagon smarts to see himself through to the uh, to the judges' scorecards. If Leon Edwards can uh, can outperform Tumanov in that fight, then that will make a few people sit up and take notice. So uh, so that's one I get on the card. Uh, Leon Edwards, Nico Musoki at 170 pounds. Now we're in uh, we're in Great Britain. We're in London. We've had an event in Glasgow, yet we have, to the best of my knowledge, and I have looked back, we have never had an England versus Scotland fight in the UFC. Why not have one? There's one we can make, uh, and we can make it a featherweight. Rob Whiteford. Rob Whiteford will fight anybody. Um, he's he's a real character. I've got a load of time for him. He's a, he's, he's a real character in interviews. Um, he fights with his heart on his sleeve, and uh, you know when he gets it right, like he did in Glasgow, it's explosive. 
Um, it didn't go his way in Dublin and he will be itching to get back to winning ways and he'll want to get back in there as soon as possible for sure. Um, Arnold Allen is the guy I would put in there with him. Arnold Allen, uh, another up-and-coming talent from the UK. Luke Barnett says that this guy is the absolute real deal and uh, the way he came in on very, very short notice took on a very experienced operator in Alan Omer in Berlin. And things weren't going his way to start with. Uh, maybe octagon jitters, maybe he just wasn't 100%, but he turned the fight around and he won. Um, and he won impressively in the end. And and uh, he looks like he could be a, a serious talent to come out of the uh, the UK. Uh, Alan versus Whiteford I think would be great. I think uh, Alan's got a very, uh, very sort of laid back uh, demeanour about him that I quite like. Uh, Whiteford's a bit more intense. I think the pair of them will, will will make for an interesting interview or two during fight week for not just not just for the local journalists but for the international guys as well. I think it would be an a fight of interest beyond these shores, um, and uh, that's one that I think will be uh, well worth adding to the card. And whoever wins that could walk away saying that they are Britain's best 145 pounder. Um, so that's that's a good one to stick on there. We've got two more, two more spaces left on this fight card. It's a 12-fight card. Um, and a guy who also fought in Dublin. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the time frames here and uh, assuming that everybody's okay. You know, these guys can fight no problem at all and it keeps them active. And uh, Gareth McClellan, the soldier boy from South Africa, uh, claimed his maiden UFC win in Dublin. Uh, I think he won with like two seconds to go, finishing uh, Bubba Bush by TKO. Uh, it was a very late stoppage to be fair, it should have been with about 6 or 7 seconds to go. Uh, the referee didn't exactly cover himself in glory in that fight. But nonetheless, Gareth McLennan certainly did. Um, and uh, he's now he's now established a foothold in the UFC. Um, and uh, he needs a fight. And the best thing for him and the best thing for South Africa as a market, and bear in mind we're in EMEA, which is Europe, Middle East and Africa, um, to put Gareth McLennan on... Uh, the London card will then put him in a fight which is relevant to the South African uh, primetime TV. So that's a very important aspect for the UFC to consider. They've just signed a, a TV deal down there with Fox Sports, uh, one of many deals they've done with Fox Sports uh, across across Europe. Um, and uh, to put Gareth McClellan uh, on that on that card uh, in a position where he could potentially get some TV time down there in uh, in his home country would be would be a big win for the UFC uh, and uh, if, if McClellan is successful a big win for him he needs an opponent uh, and you could obviously you can just you can just pick anyone out of the UFC middleweight division and sling them in there but I try and look for storylines I try and look for something relevant something that gives the fight a little bit more a little bit more heat a little bit more interest and uh, I think I found someone Daniel Kelly Daniel Kelly is from Australia He's a four-time judo Olympian for Australia. Um, and uh, anyone who knows anything about international sport will be able to confirm Australia versus South Africa is one of the biggest international sports and rivalries you will find anywhere on the planet. Uh, obviously, it's predominantly rugby-based, but there's cricket as well. Um, but the rivalry between those two nations is, 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 is a very strong one indeed. And uh, again... It makes a whole a whole boatload of sense to stick them both together and uh, say, right, here's the best guy from South Africa, here's the best guy from Australia. Let's see who the top man is. And um, obviously, in London, we've got a big Australian uh, contingent as well, and uh, there's a fair few South Africans living in the capital as well. So, 
you know, bringing that international flavour just from the London population, I think, that, you know, there are benefits there too. So, let's get those two on the card. Middleweight bout, Gareth, Soldier Boy McClellan versus Daniel Kelly, four-time judo Olympian. Uh, I think it would uh, it gives you a lot of relevance in, in, in their key markets. So, uh, that one makes sense to me. We're, we're down to one more fight. So, we're talking about the fight that's going to kick off the night now. Um, and the fight that I would make is um, a Brit. I'll put a Brit on there. The best thing to do is find a Brit who's got very, very strong support. You want the crowd in the arena early doors. You want an atmosphere. You want to build the, uh, you want to build the show. So the best man for the job is Scott Askham. Scott uh, fought in Dublin. The fight did not go his way. He lost by split decision to uh, Christoph Jotko. It was a very, very close fight. Um, it, was a, it, was definitely, uh, it was definitely a coin flip. Um, I think uh, Askham won the third round, Yotko won the uh, the first round, second round was anyone's guess and the judges scored that round, well two of them gave it to Yotko and uh, he got the split decision win. Um, Askham will want to be getting straight back in there, he wants on that London card for sure uh, and uh, getting him in there on the first fight of the night uh, against another guy who likes to stand and bang will be the perfect way to kick things off in the O2. On February the 27th. The man for the job is uh, the head busser, Clint Hester. Let's stick him in there. Uh, Ex-professional boxer. Loves nothing better than to stand and bang. Um, I think he, him and Askin could serve up a really good entertaining scrap to kick things off on that uh, first fight on the, uh, the UFC Fight Night London card. Um, Askin's going to be desperate for a win. He'll have a load of fans coming down there. Uh, so the, the stands will be loud from the very first fight of the night. It will look great for TV. It will look great for Fight Pass. All good for business. And uh, it puts a Brit out there straight away. And if he picks up a win in that first fight, then that just cranks the atmosphere up. Just that little bit extra as we head further through the fight card. Anyway, that's my that's my fight card. Uh, half an hour later. It took a bit longer than I, than I anticipated. Um, but yeah, we're talking 12 fights. Bottom to top, we'll go. We'll go through them. Scott Askham v Clint Hester at middleweight. Gareth McClellan versus Daniel Kelly at middleweight. Arnold Allen versus Rob Whiteford at featherweight. Then Leon Edwards versus Nico Musoki at welterweight. And the uh, lightweight bout between Stevie Ray and Nick Hine. And the headline prelim: Mike Wilkinson versus Macwan Amikani at featherweight. Then we move on to the main card. First fight in the main card, women's strawweight fight, Joanne Coldwell versus Ash Daly, followed by bantamweight fight, Brad Pickett versus either Joe Soto or Cody Garbrandt. I'd probably lean towards Cody Garbrandt for that one. Uh, then we've got the welterweight rematch from Dublin, Darren Till versus Nicholas Dalby. Then Tom Breeze versus Rick the Horror Story uh, in uh, the, the, the third fight from the top of the bill. Into the co-main event, Battle for the UFC Women's Strawweight Championship, Joanny and Jacek versus Claudia Gadelia, and then Michael Bisbing versus Anderson Silva in our main event of the evening. Right, that is my 12 fight card. You may think that was complete lunacy. You might think there's some good ones in there. Please do let me know. Leave a comment below, or tweet me, or if this is on audio boom, leave a comment on there. However you see this, Get in touch with me and let me know. Um, what fights do you want to see on that card? What do you think of the ones that I've suggested? Uh, would you pay money to come down and watch that fight card? I'd like to think you might. I think it's not a bad card. Um, obviously, this isn't a pay-per-view card. This is a Fox 
sports card at best. If not, it will just be a UFC Fight Pass card. So you need to just, we have to be realistic in our expectations in terms of what we're going to get. But Michael Bisping versus Anderson Silva sells that card on its own. But we stack it with some domestic talent, some interesting matchups, and stuff that's relevant to the region. And I think we've got ourselves a half decent fight card. As I say, drop me a comment, drop me a tweet. I'm at Simon Head on Twitter. Uh, let me know what you think, and uh, I'll speak to you soon. Take care.